Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls all over the world, welcome back to the Game Dev Unchained podcast, the number one podcast about the lifestyle of video game developers and the video game development industry. And I have a special guest this week. He is the 2016 Fisher Price Slam Dunk Champion, Mr. Brandon Fam. Hey, just got off the court, Larry. Thanks for inviting me again this week. I have brought a special guest. His name is Ryan Ehrenberg. Hey, hey. How you doing, Ryan? Hi, guys. Thanks hey, good to see you, man. <laughs> yes. Now, um, Ryan, there's a special reason why we brought you on this episode. Uh, Mr. Brandon Fam, do you want to let the listeners know why this is going to be an awesome, dope episode? Yeah. Uh, Ryan is awesome on his own, but he is bringing experience from Respawn Entertainment, and he's here to talk about Titanfall and you know, everything before, present, and future, anything that he wants to add. But Ryan, before I butcher any of your resume, do you mind going over what's up and what's cool about you? Yeah, can you walk <laughs> us through your resume there, sir? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, there's just so much cool about me, so I, I don't want to... Is it just an hour? It's just an hour? <laughs> That's all okay, we can um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, I'm cool because I'm from Nebraska, which is mm-hmm. not um, a place that a lot of people come from and go to California necessarily. I was always a, a class artist and a class cartoonist and loved art and didn't really know what I was going to do with it. I um, decided to come out to California because I knew there'd be jobs in the entertainment field. So I came to, uh, I went to the Art Institute with uh, young Mr. Charles. I went for media arts and animation. So I figured that was a, a broad scope so I could go into film or flash animation or video games or anything. And it worked out really well um, because it worked. I ended up graduating in 2005, started working in the industry in 2006 at Shiny Entertainment. They had just finished up kind of the last of the Matrix games, mm-hmm. uh, the Path of Neo. They had a lot of, of fame in the past from things like Earthworm Jim. Earthworm Jim and stuff like that, Sacrifice. I kind of was able to slip in unnoticed as a VFX artist. I tricked a few people into thinking that I could do it. Luckily, they they were like, okay, yeah, I guess animation can transfer. Because a lot of schools don't, including Art Institute, I'd say, don't had or uh, didn't have at the time as much visual effects stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was hard to, to build a resume for that thing. And, and I was actually pretty nervous about it, but it worked out. Um, and I kind of fell in love with doing it because real-time effects is really fun if you are interested in timing and color and motion and animation. I discovered after getting into it that it, it scares off a lot of people because um, artists think it's too technical and technical people think it's too artsy. And so it's really a hard, it's a harder thing to find um, the effects artists. And so that's why I've been able to skate by for a few years. Atari had just sold Shiny um, right after right after I got hired there to Foundation 9, which merged with The Collective and then became Double Helix. I did VFX on the Golden Compass video game, which was an insane kind of, I think it was like six SKUs in like 11 months. It was insane. And um, wow. so that was kind of fun to, to get my feet wet into that. 
After that, I worked on an unannounced Warner Brothers game and then ended up working on an announced Warner Brothers game called Green Lantern, the movie, the video game, the movie, um, the game. <laughs> and I worked a little bit on some of the other projects there, a little bit on um, Battleship, the movie, the game, the movie, the game. And I'm, I'm saying that in a joking way. Obviously, it was it was interesting and fun to work on those things. I worked a little bit on some other unannounced projects, a little bit on Killer Instinct, a little bit on uh, Strider. I was there for, I think, over six years, and I finally decided to take a, an offer somewhere else, which happened to be at Respawn Entertainment. And if you don't know, they're made up of a lot of core Call of Duty people who, who made the original Call of Duties, even before that, Medal of Honor, Allied Assault. They made, you know, Modern Warfare 2, Modern Warfare, or Modern Warfare 1, Modern Warfare 2, and then they kind of had a rift with Activision, started their own company. I basically went up there to interview with the guy I was just kind of like, I, I, I put my, my hat in my hand and I said, you know, you guys have been doing awesome games. I don't know what you're working on, but I want to help. I want to learn from, you know, all these top guys. Once again, I was able to trick them and I got a job. <laughs> so I've been, I've been tricking them for about four years now. Uh, my four year anniversary <laughs> is actually next week, right after we launch. We launch. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, yeah. I don't know when um, the podcast will actually be out, but uh, Titanfall Two comes out this Friday. Uh, yeah. So, so well, back to originally when I started working at Respawn, it was kind of it was a leap of faith because they wouldn't even tell me anything about the game. Oh, why so, you there? Yeah. So I, I took a job. I moved my family up to the valley without really knowing what I was going to work on. It was a scary moment. As soon as I played the game, even in its really early rough form you could tell like these guys are gameplay first and everything was so tight and silky smooth and i was like oh my god this is amazing like hmm. these guys are great it's fun to help build that franchise and and work with such awesome guys and so i'm really excited about the next game coming out uh, next week is going to be really great see see what the reaction is so congratulations yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, you are the best at tricking people into believing you're talented. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. Yeah, you're awesome, right. man. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a it's a fun job, and it's more fun just because a lot of people a lot of people get excited when they see the effects because they get to kind of you get to kind of put the bow at the end of the game. It never looks good without the great models, animation, uh, level design, art, and sound, but. When, when we get to touch it, it's nearing the end usually. And so everyone's very impressed, even though we just get to, you know, be the icers on the cake. Well, nice. I, uh, I've definitely played Titanfall 1. I'm looking forward to Titanfall 2. And whenever I destroy someone and I see the sparks fly, I'm going to be like, man, Ryan allowed me to look so cool right now. This is awesome. Yeah. I'm going to take screenshots of your work and send it to you. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. It, it's exciting to see, like, uh, when we first announced it, we had, we had, uh, it at E3, um, it was so cool to see like, you know, gifts being made of my Titan explosion or something. And I was like, mm. oh man, it looks so much better with all that compression. It really blends it. It's really cool to see your work, you know, shared around the world, you know? Yeah. Like one of the biggest things, there's only a few companies that I would consider in the industry that are the trendsetters that are up there among of uh, just moving gigantic stones and like changing the industry and respawn is definitely one of the top ones up there like awesome. just being the father of pretty much first person shooters uh setting the trend making modern warfare respawning the third time building a studio from scratch uh it's a huge feat so uh, 
I'm like not surprised that you were accepting a job with so little to show, even if you were there at the uh, <laughs> at the company yeah. and they wouldn't show you anything until they were really sure about you <laughs> after they hired you. Yeah. Well, well, you you gotta you gotta look at it too as like you know a lot of these guys even though, you know, things were changing at their old studio, um, a lot of them took a, a big leap and not knowing where they would land. You know, if you can imagine, you know, being at the top of the world basically and then saying, yeah, I'm just going to start over from scratch and join my old bosses. And, you know, it's knowing that they had done that it's gonna made work. it a lot easier, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's a rarity in itself to have a team that has worked have worked on multiple titles together like i i can't even think in my own career that i have the exact same team intact in some capacity like the core team still able to like transfer a lot of that knowledge from the previous game to the next game it's like that's the biggest difference you really are building even though it's like the first of the franchise like titanfall you're building all that call of duty experience that you're bringing along and and, and putting into the new game so well and and it's cool too because you know the the rolling boulder of titanfall like picks up other other pieces on the way that could shake things up and bring new perspectives like we had a lot of people who came from god of war teams um from like i had a lot of experience in just a random random all over the place games because again it's fun and not so much fun when you have to always relearn how to make a game every time with a new team and a lot of times in in game development you don't have that benefit of any muscle memory past that first game you know you're oh we're making our first first person shooter now oh now we're making our first arcade game now we're making our first fighter now we're making you know so that's a fun challenge but it 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 never lets anyone grow into that that final form you know of Mm -hmm. of okay we knew that didn't work or that worked great let's make it better and so there's a lot of personal and team growth that you get when you know a sequel's coming you're like oh this is great i get to make that better i get to solve that problem and you know it's working on the sequel this is my first sequel and it was just amazing to have all that all the assets ready to where we can improve the ones that we needed to and mm-hmm. it's it's super satisfying as artists to kind of take everything that needed to go up another level up a level and it's awesome yeah, and this was the first time that Titanfall has hired or respawn hires single player level designers. So that's a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> what are you what are you trying to see, Larry? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. He's trying to get a that's, not, that's, that's not a that's not a sly job whatsoever. I actually am I come from a single player background. And so, so you know, I'm always sticking up for I love single players. So any game that has single player is already something that I'm interested in. I was interested in Titanfall the franchise. So now seeing you guys go that extra step to offer that content that I felt like was missing in the first one, it's like, okay, kudos. Let's I'm definitely down. Um but I will say, I guess from an outsider perspective, I imagine new company well old company but new franchise new ip starting from the scratch right i can see why it's like hey there's a big risk in developing this big expensive game maybe we don't make a game with single player we're just going to go straight out with the multiplayer and do the thing that we can currently do best right were there any people at that time that were like no way man it's not going to work if we don't have single player was there any sort of (laughs) conflicts that arose about not having or having single player 
Well, I, I will say, like, I, I came in shortly after that decision was made. I caught a bit, bit of the aftershocks of that. But really, the, the team was so focused once that decision was made that there was this kind of like this attitude of maybe it won't work, but let's try to bring some of that atmosphere into a multiplayer game from a single player game, you know? And so there was definitely like, like you said, hiring single player designers is, uh, that's not necessarily like they were working on both, but the single player part was a lot further behind at this, that point, or actually when I came in, it wasn't there. So the big thing though, is that they, the guys they hired weren't necessarily multiplayer only. So a lot of the guys that ended up shipping Titanfall one had hadn't even worked on multiplayer as much. Mm -hmm. Like they were like the single player guys, like uh, famous examples being like, and, and I don't want to butcher their, their history in case I do say something wrong, but we have the guy who, who designed the all gillied up, you know, suit. Muhammad Alavi. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and we had, you know, he's the same guy who did the no Russian level, you know, mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, and each of these guys have these kind of these key moments that they're, you know, they're known for. It's it's kind of crazy to be with all these normal guys that have kind of historical impact. Memes are made out of them, you know, or made out of their levels. You know, it's a, it's yeah. really cool. Um, but yeah, they're, they're all we you know, we had a good mix of single player, and multiplayer guys. So it was it was cool to see them kind of blend what what they brought from like single player into multiplayer and vice versa. So. It's a very collaborative process. I, I kind of want to go back into uh, you mentioned before that this is probably your first sequel that you worked on. I've had like the opposite experience. I've only <laughs> worked on sequels like uh, so like can you kind of go over what the atmosphere was like to be? Yes, this is the old Call of Duty team, but they're making a new franchise working on an original that became a franchise like first. Um Titanfall, the first Naughty Dog game, you know, that kind of feeling. Yeah. Um, uh, well, to be honest, like it's, I mean, it's a really rough road when you're making something that's kind of unique and different. So even though you have kind of these, these kind of key, key points you're trying to hit of like, okay, it's this, it's this type of game. It's fast. It's a shooter. And you kind of fit all those things, throwing, throwing in some of the new things, obviously like the giant, uh, Titans changes it quite a bit. And even though we we had all these guys who had really good experience with all that stuff, they're they're definitely like to your point, like there was definitely a bit of of apprehension of like, are people gonna like this? Like, do are we're making something that we like and is really fun, and we're trying to make this just you know something unique and different and fun, but it is a little scary because like going up to, like again to E three, the first E three, we didn't really know ultimately what the reaction would be, and so you have these guys that are haven't made or haven't a lot of the guys um, their last game was Modern Warfare two. It'd been a few years before to to get like a community reaction, and they had been working on it for a little while longer, a lot longer than I had um, at that point. I think they you might have to fact check it, Larry, but I think they started in twenty ten, but. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it was the the company grew fast with kind of that influx at the beginning and it was it was interesting to to see how you know making your new type of game where you don't have the story that you can kind of you know parallel like world war ii or something like that so i think there was a lot of a little you know growing pains through it it's been you know exciting and fun and and never really like a bad moment really it's it's a really good studio to work at so one of the impressive things that I love about Respawn is about 
how they made so many smart decisions, right? So you guys stayed relatively pretty small for a, a game that size, right? Around 70, 80? I, I don't know exact numbers. I don't remember. Um, I, yeah, I think I think we launched with, or we shipped Titanfall with around 70, um, which was not including QA, which w- would be, not that they shouldn't be included, just the, the devs um, side of it. Um, so yeah, it was like around 70 people. We've grown a little bit since then, um, and we have multiple projects now. So um, we're a much bigger studio, but the goal is to always stay pretty lean and not get into that um, that problem of having too many mouths to feed for too many. You know, once you have too many people, you can generate content that's not needed. And <laughs> generates work that is needed to put the content in, you know, and you start getting into the trap. So it's really pretty lean. Everyone, you know, everyone has a voice. You can, you know, after play tests, you know, you can go and talk to anyone, the, the lead multiplayer designer, the single player designers, um, this, our, our writer is in house now, so you can give all kind of feedback. It's really fun. So yeah, it, it, even though it's bigger, it, it's, it's, strange because it's still an independent studio it's not owned by ea or anyone else so there's a lot of things that are are kind of geared towards making sure that that environment is really awesome for us awesome man you're you guys are in like near sherman oaks right because that's kind of where i remember living when i was hanging out with you guys and stuff uh yeah we we moved from uh an area right on the border between sherman oaks and van nuys and so now we're chatsworth okay Um, so we're We've got our own building there, um, oh, and yeah, yeah, it's really cool. It's you know we could, we could kind of build it out for what we need inside the. I mean, we didn't rebuild the buildings, but you know, remodel side for what we want. Definitely need the space for all the, the new people and stuff. So, so here's my big question, actually. First Titanfall, <laughs> Microsoft exclusive partnership. Uh-huh. Titanfall two, it's open platforms. You know, you're supporting the you supporting PS4 as well. Why specifically join with Microsoft on the first one versus be open platform on the first one? Was that a specific decision that you can talk about? Um, I think uh, it's 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 been pretty much discussed by Vince. Um, the idea was like just to kind of complete the game, it had to work out to be a Microsoft game. So they they helped support us to finish it to that. Vince Vince has, has said this, so I don't think I'm out of line or anything. But um, Vince has said that the plan was at some point. To potentially bring it to ps4 but it wasn't you know we didn't have a date or anything like that there was it was very loose it was just like you know we're obviously on the microsoft exclusive and at some point it might come over to ps4 but a deal was made to basically lock that 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 game in um mm-hmm. between ea and microsoft that's just kind of how that went down but i don't know much more besides what what Vince has already shared on, on other interviews. Yeah, like one of the most impressive things, again, is like staying small. In comparison, if the listeners out there, a game like Call of Duty, usually Battlefield, it's like a 300 plus team at minimum, right? So if we we're talking about a Titanfall game that launched with 70 people with that much success, like that's a rarity right there. Like that doesn't happen a lot. And for you guys, I commend you guys to keep the team small because 
things do get lost with a large team. Like you're less inclined to listen to everyone's opinion. You're less inclined to have everyone sign off and be proud of it. And the funny thing about game development that I've learned is that you can really fix a game just by having one, everyone on the team okay it. Like usually if everyone is 100% behind it, the game does pretty well. It's the problems yeah. that fall in the gap that like, yeah, that destroys it. But yeah, I'm, I'm so impressed with how Respawn is handling everything. Um, mm -hmm. And you guys are still pretty small with a huge <laughs> game. And I'm pretty yeah. sure like this is pretty exciting where um, because that team, right, that team probably hasn't been uh, ha haven't made a, an official single player campaign for like over seven eight years right like telling a story yeah whenever whenever modern warfare War, modern warfare 2 was out um again uh, we we do have a, a good number of people from other places uh so it's not just yeah it's not just a, a bunch of guys with infinity ward shirts and me <laughs> so so there's there's a lot of people from we have designers from league of legends we have we have people who came from, you know, like I said, God of War, from the film industry, from trying to think all the other places, but pretty much like the top talent in a lot of places, you know, we've been able to, to snag and they're, you know, we have just a team of, I, I'll say just all-stars where mm -hmm. you don't have to, you don't have to worry about that guy doing his job. And it's super satisfying to, to do that where you, you never feel like you have a dead weight, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's been really cool. And, and to your point about the small teams, they actually had a, a smaller team on, on the Modern Warfare game. So they, they stayed pretty small for that with similar numbers. And maybe the benefit then too is like, you know, maybe fewer SKUs or rather, uh, you know, the technological stuff took slightly less time to make maybe, but it probably took about the same time. Okay, Ryan, so what was your favorite part personally about working on either Titanfall 1 or Titanfall 2? What's the one thing that you you've looked forward to, like developing the most it's kind of a secret uh, oh, oh uh, all right but, but there was some some really fun single player stuff that i got to do that i was really nervous about but turned out being like a highlight like there's but there's, there's some key moments in the in the single player game that i got to work on um I'd say that my my happiest moment is probably i did like the titans exploding and the titans falling so mm -hmm. When Titans oh, fall, yeah, that's cool. so that's cool. A bunch of other little things and a lot of guns and weapons, but there's definitely like a lot of my fingerprints are are all over it. We we have a really really small team. Our effects team on Titanfall One was me and my lead uh, robot, so two effects guys. And then we got real big on this last one. We got another guy, so we're three guys. Still, you know, we plan smart or as smart as we can so that it's be able to reuse as much as possible and all that stuff. And we don't want to have a, a 12 person department or anything. But I, yeah, I'd say my favorite parts were some of those key moments in the game, you know, like the, the Titans exploding and the Titans falling. It's pretty cool. Awesome. So we're definitely going to look at your highlight reel in single player, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, it's funny. It's, you know, there, it, there's, there's just a few moments that were really exciting. It's not that the whole the whole single player is, is all three of the guys who worked on it. And I probably had even fewer levels um, than the other guys, but a few of the levels were a little more time intensive. So yeah, I'd say I'd say just all of us have, have handled stuff all over the game. So it's really hard to point out and say, that's exactly mine. I hope you enjoy it, but I'll have to get your opinion after you play it. 
Oh, well, you already know that I'm going to be playing it because I'm going to be a day one. I will say, though, the last copy I got was free, so I'll be even more honored to actually purchase this one. Okay. Well, that's that's good. I, I'm glad you're you're spending some of that Larry cash. And by free, I don't mean illegally downloaded or anything like that. I actually won it. No, right? Yeah, I won it. I'll knock on your door in a few minutes, but it's fine. <laughs> He's like, legal? His name is Larry. He lives here. <laughs> awesome. Your gamer tag again? I can <laughs> thank you i'll tell you after the show if it helps all right, all right uh okay so how good are you in titanfall multiplayer i'm sure you guys play all the time i'm sure there's devs that are really good i'm sure there's devs who are like oh man i suck where are you in the range of like pilot piloting level uh i'm somewhere in the middle um in terms of devs it's it's kind of insane on the first game when first when people first started playing it it was funny because we we had developed all these tactics that no no other game was using so when people started first started playing it and we were just doing the spider monkey on the walls and stuff it took a while for people to get caught up to that now when i play titanfall i get destroyed because these people <laughs> these awesome fans have been like playing this for three years and they're doing stuff that that like like they they talk about things that like i had never heard in the game you know i mean they, they seriously they they find these little things that are amazing so i'd say in my studio i'm somewhere in the middle in um in the world i'm somewhere in the middle but the the guys who are playing Titanfall now are a lot of hardcore dudes and they're a lot yeah. worse they're a lot better than my skill level yeah, I was going to say nothing beats that like beta hasn't launched yet. So that means you're one of the top 200 people in that game in the entire world. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's funny. It's like you, you really wish there was like this global leaderboard. People could look up and see like, oh, man, that guy is awesome. So, Ryan, which department do you feel like puts in the most amount of hours in making a Titanfall game? Do you think it's the engineering because they're adding a lot of AI for single player? Do you think it's the designers because now that you are adding single player, they're putting in more work? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, it's a tough question because that you re I really couldn't say a department is spending more time than another. I'd say on the whole, you know, you have the, I'd say the engineers usually have the, the short end of the stick of in terms of they have to be the first ones in there making sure things work at the beginning of the game and this isn't really just a titanfall thing but they're usually the first guys that have to get things working for other people to work mm -hmm. and maintain a, a solid game that doesn't break um all while adding your features it's not really an answer to the hours but i'd say that they're definitely on the highest alert for the longest amount of time whereas there's a point where you know art or design or whoever can kind of say okay i'm done with that level i can relax for a bit or i'm waiting for this other thing i'd say pro you know engineers are, are definitely a sacred a sacred group but everyone i mean there's people who who put in insane hours to make sure that their level was just the best level ever and so designers did that our audio department audio always gets stuff late so uh our audio department was awesome in catching up at the end of our project you're building something new mm-hmm and obviously, it's exciting and scary at the same time. You're trying a lot of new concepts. You are made up of the core team and like new people from around the LA area. That is awesome. But mm -hmm. when was the turning point where your feeling and thoughts and theories were confirmed? Was it around E3 where you finally showed it off and the reception was awesome? And from that 
point forward, everything was like, all right, let's just finish this game the way we want it. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, I, I'd say that, that E3 kind of helped us realize, like, okay, we, you know, I think this will work. We had, we had just an amazing amount of little. There was like I kind of fanned out a bit on or nerded out, I guess, on some of the things that happened during that E3. And I'm gonna go off the rails a little bit, but so so the way that we had E3 there, we had we had this line where you could watch us pl- uh, watch two of our developers play a match because it was multiplayer. So we played a live match because we're a small team. <laughs> we were in the back in the sweaty back room playing the game. It was live. So you're, you're sitting, you know, shoulder to shoulder with, with these guys, like these amazing senior artists and you're just sitting there sweating in the dark. And it's amazing <laughs> to like have that kind of moment of, of uh, brotherhood. And, um, and they would, <laughs> one time they came in and they like, okay, Steven Spielberg is going to watch it. Just him. <laughs> And I was, I was like, okay, guys, we have to make it good. No one do anything stupid. And so it's like we're all, we're all like manning our battle stations. It was super satisfying when we knew like something cool would happen. You know, like, oh, I just, guys, I just got killed in a cool way. We also had Miyamoto mm. got to see mm. our game. And, and both of those guys really had like kind words to say. It was really neat. We got, we got a ton of awards, which was really humbling because you never know when you're working on it, um, how it's going to be received. And so, but yeah, that was basically the moment where it was like, I mean, if, if we, if we bombed at E3 or who knows, probably wouldn't be a Titanfall 2. I mean, (laughs) we probably wouldn't have had that kind of accelerated adrenaline from that, you know, to keep going Mm -hmm. and get it done. And, um, hope I answered the question. (laughs) I'm not entirely sure. So from the developer's perspective, you know, I kind of want to go back to like some of this fandom that we were talking about. Uh, your your game has to step up and help launch a console, right? Like Titanfall was a big game that was getting a lot of marketing push with the Xbox One. There's a lot of responsibility on your shoulders to be awesome, you know? I mean, obviously that's there for any game or any product, but more specifically when like even the future developments of games are depending on you to nail it. You know, like how does that feel? It was really crazy, and it, in in some way, it was really interesting because I was working with a lot of guys who had helped launch, um, I believe it's Call of Duty Two with the Xbox 360. So they they had experience with a launch title like that, knowing how important that can be and how how awesome that can be. It's really fun to be a launch title. We actually, I think we were considered the launch window, but we were in the spring after the launch and so but we we were definitely one of the you know the key key pieces that microsoft was pushing with the xbox and that was awesome to be part of that they were really generous and really awesome with us in helping support that and we got you know seeing seeing commercials be put out for your game on tv during you know you're watching football and you see your game is uh is really awesome it was just really neat to be part of that whole that wave. I actually, I, I got to meet a lot of people just wearing respawn shirts. You know, people would stop me at, you know, down in Santa Monica and like a, a young, a young kid stopped me and he's just like, Oh, your game's really awesome. And this was before we went out. And it was just really neat to get that, that kind of excitement and stuff. So I knew even, even in, in that moment that it's like, you never know if you're going to be able to work on a game like that again, where people are excited and there's all this anticipation for it. And so it was so neat to be part of that and then to be to know like yeah it it, it has to stand up and and be kind of a tentpole for for the system it has to 
make people want to buy that system to play it. That wasn't really like the the pressure driving us. I mean, we just we want to make the great greatest game we can without that. But it was just kind of like a hey guys, if we nail it, we'll nail it. It's going to be great. Well, obviously, Titanfall did really well, right? Not yes. only you guys had the Xbox exclusive, which is a godsend if you're like an original that's about to become a franchise. You have that stability at the very beginning, and then you launch the game, and finally, success ensues, and now you're making Titanfall 2. So being through the experience of like growing with the team the first time around, and now that you guys are a two-title studio, you haven't really announced the other one. We all just know it's a Star Wars title, but nothing more yeah. than that. But now that you're developing two two games at the same time, like how has the growth been for a developer that has been through the first cycle and now you're in the second cycle of another tier of where the development studio is going? Um, it's been really cool to see it grow. It, it was really neat to announce the other game being a Star Wars game because for a while we just had to say, you know, people knew we were working on titanfall 2 and i think it was even before it was announced people kind of assumed that but um but then having oh we're working on a third person game and bringing on you know a whole new group of people we used to joke about it uh, we first brought in um stig who's a guy from mm. uh Sony. god of war god of war uh we brought in stig and he was uh, the director on this uh third person game and it was just really cool to see that team grow. For a while, they were just kind of in a little room and, and there was five guys. So we jokingly called them Team Five Guys. And, you know, you get to see now, I, I, I don't know what they're up to, but they're a lot bigger than that now. So it's really cool to see that develop. You also get the, the added fun of having our own building, our own, all the, all the things that comes with kind of people that have to come work at your building that aren't developers, you know, people who building maintenance and all, this, all these things, you know, all these managers and everything's grown since the first game. Like our, our, our HR department, our, you know, admin, all that stuff had to get a lot bigger. It was really small when I came in and it's been really neat to see all that stuff kind of fleshed out into a bigger thing. Nice. I think with the growth and with the success, you know, your company starts to feel a little like they can make bigger investments in quality of life at the studio, right? So my question for you, Mr. Ehrenberg, is how fresh are the bananas at your studio? <laughs> um, the bananas. Uh, <laughs> this is like the, which kitchen? <laughs> no, it's, it's just a silly little inside joke. So uh, my real question for you is, what are some of the best quality of life changes that you have as a developer at Respawn now that maybe you didn't have as a developer on Titanfall 1? So maybe this can turn into a little bit of, this is why you should work at Respawn, because we have... Fresh bananas. Yeah, yeah we yeah. have fresh bananas. We're exceedingly lucky. Like, I, I feel like for a short time during my, my time at the Art Institute, I worked in a garage um, on a... It was called an internship, <laughs> but I was in a garage. <laughs> I paid the school money to sit in a garage and sweat and make a game for someone else. And um, I think <laughs> the perks there, the perks there included. I think they had a basketball hoop that we would slide out into the road. <laughs> it's someone. <laughs> yeah, I think. I, I think someone. Someone. Some. At one point, I think we got breakfast burritos from Del Taco. I don't want to. I don't want to like name names or anything, but we definitely had a bag of. Uh, del taco burritos the truth is that like respawn is just like very cool <laughs> i don't even i almost feel like i'm breaking an nda by telling how cool it is it's really cool um like we have uh ping pong which i try to be one of the top players of we have pool we have fresh bananas um <laughs> we, there's soda and perrier and coffee and all kinds of 
you know, snacks, chips and snacks. There's, there's little kitchens on all the different floors. So you never feel like, you know, never have to go too far to, to get your, your goodies. And I don't know. I mean, it's, it really is a great place. Like if you're ever up in the area, I'll give you a tour, but it's really, it's really fun. I'm trying to think of other things. Oh, actually. Yeah. We have a really, really nice gym, really nice gym showers for the gym. We have groups that, that go out and play soccer together weekly. We have, we've, we've tried our hand at kickball and softball as a group, but have failed pretty badly when we've done that. Um, I think that's actually how you met some of the people that, yeah, at our studio. Yeah. So um, I remember your uh, softball team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't too good, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's the studio is really cool. They they really like. I can't even think of all the cool little things that they provide or make easier. Without you know, I could spend hours probably talking about that. But they really they want you to be comfortable. They want you to not stress out about other things outside of there. So it's, they, they try to, we have monthly parties at work. We have a celebratory thing for obviously the game shipping and stuff. So we're having that soon. And yeah, it's, it's a really cool place. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's always fun to come to a studio that is set with food and accommodations, but what's better for a developer is actually seeing that, Oh, we kind of developed the game on the ground floor with just a few of us. And now look at us, we're seeing the growth. We have a softball team that isn't so good, <laughs> but the fact is we're playing as a softball team is pretty cool. And then like fresh bananas, all these things, you're like, oh man, being a success is one thing, but seeing the success being like spread out throughout the studio and everybody's just like, look, look, we worked hard and look, we can show it now and we're giving back. Yeah. That That's part of the fun. No, it's one of the best. It, it, yeah, they have, they have a really good culture of, of of sharing those successes and like every, everyone who puts the, those, you know, that effort in and makes a great game. And I'm not talking about effort. Like you have to throw your body on, you know, at your computer for 20 hours a day, but you know, everyone had an impact and, and everyone kind of gets to share in those spoils. And it's really, it's really different from a lot of game developers that I've understood and known and worked at where they do really treat the employees well. And, they also, one of the coolest things they do is they treat a lot of things. We'll get a, a letter in the mail from a fan who's like, here's my, my story is this. And, uh, I really love Titanfall and whatever. And, and we'll send them a care package. And a lot of people have gotten random boxes from the studio. And I'm really proud of that. <laughs> and they've done a lot of really cool stuff for just the fans in general. Um, and for the community and, and trying to, you know, build that community. It's so hard when you're starting out. So our top guys spend time on Reddit, on Twitter, on, you know, answering questions. Everyone's very accessible, like surprisingly success or accessible. Yeah. Like you could, you could Twitter, you know, send a message to, uh, to Vince Impella and he'd probably respond, you know, it's kind of crazy, but it's really, so cool. what you're saying is tweet, send emails. <laughs> if you want free shit, <laughs> just go. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> no, but like it really On does. Case case basis. <laughs> There's very few figures in the game industry and Vince being one of them. Like he's at the level of Gabe Noel and all these founders who really do care at the heart of being a yeah. game developer and a gamer. And yeah. like it shows throughout the city. It resonates from the top down. And uh, I, I, I would. I wish the industry was more like that, where it, it carries over like that. Success here will mean success to everyone who has worked mm -hmm. on this game. We're a team. Like that mentality is 
I can't say it enough. It's really rare, and it's one of the biggest thing I admire over at Respawn. It's like it's a model yeah. studio for a lot of yeah. other studios around the the area, around the world, man. So I actually, I want to jump in really quick, and I might have told this story on the podcast before, but this is the perfect episode to bring it up, especially since you might actually be able to go tell this individual. So you mentioned earlier in the podcast that there's a certain designer that works at your company who worked on all Gilly, or who designed all Gilly up and no Russian. His name was Muhammad Alavi. Mm-hmm. So when I was a young budding designer, a friend of mine, his name was Norman Wilson, and he lived in Florida at the time. He was also a designer. And he says, Larry, you're in like Los Angeles, right? I said, yeah. He's like, I know this designer in LA that I'm going to hook you up with. I want you to meet him. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So he like introduces me to Muhammad through email. And so uh-huh. I was like, oh, dope. So I was like, hey, man, like, here's like my resume and here's like some stuff I worked on. So Muhammad like goes through my portfolio, goes through my resume, goes through everything. And he like gave, he gave me the low down with like no gloves, right? Like, just like, <laughs> let me have it. Yeah. And at the end of it all, he was like, yeah, you let, I saw that you set up a puzzle like this, but, but you didn't utilize this. And he, like, he actually, he was teaching, right? Even though it was a critique, he was yeah. still teaching. At the end of it, he said, and because of this, I don't think you'd be a good designer at Respawn. So I was like, wait, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, that's not fair. I didn't know it was a job. <laughs> but it was. And so, like, oh, for the boy. first two days, I was very salty. I was like, I was salty, you know? And then I was yeah. like, but I was like, you know what? This man took time out of his day. He's already famous. He's already worked his way up. And because of a favor for someone he probably doesn't even know that well, to do something for someone he doesn't know at all, to take that time and to break down my work the way that he did. I finally responded. I was like, hey, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Like, you know what? And I'm going to keep working. And I, you know, I sent him the like tail between my legs response, but yeah. I never forgot <laughs> that happened that point on. And like, I always try to think from every angle and I just want to reach through you to him that he personally affected how hard I worked and how disciplined I am in my career and my skill set. And it's helped me grow and become, you know, like the designer I am today. Not that I'm like super famous, but I definitely know that without that burn, like I could be like still <laughs> working at some like small place versus the places I, I got to work at. So Sorry to the audience who may have heard that story before, but I'm talking to someone who works at Respawn who knows this individual who can be like, hey, man, like you like really touched somebody and you were like, he even said, I'm sorry to say this, but <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, I, it, it's, it really stinks sometimes to hear that feedback. You know, like I, I had a, a teacher in a, a, the Art Institute that he he was a hard grader and he had this amazing uh, history of like he's like okay if you're a, if you're a good student you'll get a C <laughs> and so um, and and I, I guess at the time I I really hadn't it really hadn't really uh, dawned on me at the time how much I needed to work extra hard and so I kind of like I made some stupid mistakes in that class but he he ended up even though I think I got a C <laughs> because I, I, I ended up uh, screwing up some assignments. He ended up with like a really good opinion of me, even though the grade didn't show it. It was like, yeah, this is what you earned, but I could tell that you're good. And it was kind of nice because it was like he he respected me for what I had, but he was like, yeah, you, you know, you didn't do this thing. And mm-hmm. and I always kind of take things like that where it's like, you know, there's a reason why, you know, you have to go through some hardship to rise to the top. You know, you really need to 
not that I'm at the top, I'm not like you, but, um, uh, <laughs> but, but you do, you do need to, to get some harsh criticism. And one piece of advice for everyone is like, no matter high, how high you go, like never lose that humility where you can take criticism because I've worked with directors and art directors who were basically couldn't handle another uh, voice in the room, you know? And so it's really tough to like, they're never going to grow past that point. I don't think any of us would be where we are in our careers or any even considered like top, right? Without being able to take feedback and criticism in a professional way. You know, that's just how it is. That's part of the game. Yeah, there's there's some people who I think sneak by with bravado. And uh, <laughs> so you, you end up with someone at the top that is hard to follow. <laughs> okay. I hear you. Or you get these jokers who, like, for four years, like, are tricking people into believing that they're good at their job. Right, right. <laughs> no, I'm just or, kidding. Or I'm just me, kidding. I, I've been doing it for 10 years. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Professional. So no, no, we, kidding, are, right. we are rounding the corner here, and I just want to end with this last question. And we don't have to go too much in detail, but we, we kind of went over kind of the past of Respawn, like what you guys are doing. I have no doubt that Titanfall coming out will kill and slay uh i'm looking for the single player i'm looking forward to seeing that again but uh what what do you see is the next stage for you guys like what do you see like goals for the studio goals for yourself or whatever as you guys are always pushing the industry in new directions like what do you feel is the biggest change with the game or or everything uh, well the biggest thing right now is obviously um, launching Titanfall 2, making that as successful as possible. You know, you never, you never, you know, look for the end zone before you catch the ball. So we haven't, we haven't done anything yet. Um, All right, man, this guy. That, <laughs> that needs to come out and be successful. Um, and that, that extends to, you know, quite a few months of, of support for the game. So you, you need to, you know, that stuff is built into, our current schedule of, you know, developing new things, fixing things that people that come up that people want fixed. Being part of a studio that kind of has that live culture mentality where we can update something based on feedback and you really don't get all that much feedback that you can really uh, jump on until you have, you know, thousands of people playing the game at a time. So that's what the next thing is. Obviously, Star Wars is awesome for uh, the guys working on that. So that's like, the horizon right now past that like like i said you know we gotta we gotta score a touchdown and then we'll figure out what what's next we're you know obviously excited about titanfall 2 so i'm gonna take a risk and ask you this question and hope that my internet <laughs> will be on my side <laughs> so ryan we are one hour into the podcast and before i tell you the next thing i just want to thank you and thank respawn for allowing this to happen you guys are both very awesome entities, and I love <laughs> you to death as a friend. Next, yeah. thank you for your awesome podcast story that we're able to share with the world and the audience. I'm going to just be quiet, and I'm going to let you talk directly to the audience and promote, shout out, or you know, say thanks or like special shout out to my art teacher in third grade. However, <laughs> this is like your Grammy acceptance speech time. So tell the world exactly what you're happy about uh, or thankful for. The floor is yours. Oh man, that's this is awkward now. Um, I, I I guess I'll think. Uh, no, um, I don't know if my parents will ever listen to this, but um, they were they were pretty awesome um, in taking a chance on me going out to uh, cross the country and uh, 
So they put a lot of faith in me to do that. I'd like to thank them. I thank them often, but I, I thank them for having that faith in an 18-year-old kid leaving to, for California. And my wife, who is somewhere in another room. Uh, hey, hey. And, <laughs> hey, Cassie. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, this isn't really about me. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited to be part of uh, a team like Respawn, and we are so excited for uh, the game to come out, for Titanfall 2 to come out. This Friday. Um, <laughs> this Friday, folks. Buy two copies. Uh, but it's it's so fun to be part of a team like that. If you're interested in joining Respawn, go to our website. I believe it's just respawn.com and probably slash jobs. They're hiring for a lot of things all the time. Um, you can always also reach out to probably Larry and get my info if you need to. Um, but if you're really good and you're looking for something new or something, if you're looking for a place you want to retire at, you should come to Respawn. You probably won't want to go anywhere else after you're there. So I'm really proud of the studio. I'm excited for where it's going to go. I guess that's about it. I, I, I suppose uh, I don't have much more to say. <laughs> Mr. Ron Ehrenberg, I'm so happy to have you. As I definitely want to thank you for being one of the legendary guests on our podcast. So uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for being a part of this. Again, Respawn Entertainment, congratulations. Thank you for this awesome hour of Ryan's time. Cassie, thank you as well. But ladies and gentlemen, when you know that I ramp up my voice like this, it's because it's time for me to say goodnight. And this is Brandon Fan. Thank you for joining us this week. Thank you, Ryan. I will see you next week. Good night. Good. Uh... Am I supposed to say something? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cut that part. Uh, hey, thanks, guys, for having me. Um, again, Titanfall comes out on Titanfall 2 comes out October 28th, which is this Friday if you're listening to it on Tuesday. So I uh, hope you enjoy it and uh, have fun playing.